GBC Podcasts. Local voices on demand. Hello, thanks for listening to the Gibraltar Today podcast. I'm Jonathan Scott. It's a Friday. I hope you've had a good week. Four runners will be taking on a relay tomorrow, Saturday, with a strong message for those fighting cancer. I spoke to Sean Collado, Ian Yates, Geray Torres and Carl Valdaquino, whose father has pancreatic cancer. And I was also joined by Gabriel Moreno to tell us about a Gibraltarian folk music and poetry night, Trovadores and Poets de Nuestro Peñón. That'll be celebrated at the John McIntosh Hall tomorrow Saturday at 7 o'clock. But first... Karen Ramage is now officially Gibraltar's first woman speaker after 14 years of service as a judge at the Supreme Court. Madam Speaker said she expects robust, not robotic, exchanges in what she said was the arena of Parliament. And she said it should be professional, fair and forward-thinking. I shall endeavour to bring to this position all the energy dispassion, neutrality and objectivity, which I gave to my previous position. The greatest accolade I have been given as a judge is that I was fair. It is also the greatest accolade which I will strive to earn as Speaker. The Chief Minister Fabian Picardo said Madam Speaker has a track record of smashing the glass ceiling. For Miss. Famaye, breaking records and smashing the glass ceiling seems to have become uh, something of a habit. The first woman notary public in Gibraltar, the first woman stipendary in Gibraltar, the first woman Supreme Court judge. An extraordinary record to which it is right, in my view, uh, to add with, I hope, the support of the whole House, now the first woman speaker in the history of Gibraltar's parliamentary democracy. The leader of the opposition said the underrepresentation of women is changing but not fast enough. Keith Asobardi said it's high time that one of Gibraltar's distinguished women serve as Speaker in the Parliament. This will be, as the Chief Minister has indicated, a new world for her where she is not required to sit in judgment, a world with different rules and practices, often less tempered and more boisterous than the hallowed interiors of a courtroom. But we're sure she will keep the peace in those moments and give the appropriate guidance to members to help the House navigate through its work. Because, as the Chief Minister rightly said in his last remark, the peace will be broken fairly soon. For his part, the Governor said Madam Speaker has exceptional qualities and her humanity and empathy will be of immense value in overseeing the House and guiding parliamentarians. Sir David Steele also spoke of the UK's unwavering support for Gibraltar. I affirm once again the United Kingdom's commitment to Gibraltar. I trust that the practical, political and diplomatic commitment that the United Kingdom has extended to Gibraltar during the pandemic and throughout the negotiations to secure a treaty with the European Union for Gibraltar, in the defence commitment to Gibraltar and in the repeated assurance by very high-ranking politicians of all parties in the United Kingdom, leave you in no doubt whatsoever of such commitment. 
Madam Speaker's appointment was approved unanimously by all 17 MPs. Nine government ministers from the GSLP Liberal Alliance and eight GSD opposition MPs. Following today's ceremonial opening, the Parliament has now been formally constituted. On Radio Gibraltar and on GBC Television, Gibraltar Today with Jonathan Scott. A night of Gibraltarian folk music and poetry is promised uh, to wrap up the 2023 Literature Week, which we've been reporting on and has been really interesting. Local stories told by local voices. Uh, and uh, tonight, the the event, the uh, night of folk music, is called Trovadores and Poets de Nuestro Peñón. Uh, and uh, it's uh, my pleasure to be uh, welcoming the producer and host of that, Gabriel Moreno. Um, Gabriel, thank you so much for joining us. Um, where is Gibraltar literature at for you? Uh, having sort of celebrated our authors this week, what reflections do you make on, on where we are as, as a people in, in telling our own stories? Hi, Jonathan. Great to be here again. It's fantastic to come for such an event. I think, in my opinion, uh, I sometimes exaggerate things, but I think we are in a renaissance of the Gibraltarian voice as an entity in art, especially in literature. I have been so so um, touched by all the stories that I've heard and all the writers that I have been working with in the past uh, two years, people like Mark Sanchez, like Jordano Durante, like Jonathan Teuma, people who are writing prose novels, you know, fantastic novels about our life, about our city and about our psyche. Um, obviously, we have great singer-songwriters and all these people are, through words, trying to express themselves in a particular way, a way that is singular to Gibraltar, that could not be expressed in other parts of the world. So I'm excited about it, yeah. Okay, Gabriel, we, we um, set up the mic so that we could hear you when you were playing your guitar, but yeah, perfect, if okay. you can lift it up. I, I think we we'll can hear, hear my big voice now. Oh, your voice sounds deeper <laughs> and richer. Um, <laughs> Excellent. So, so um, right. Let, let's. Uh, you, you mentioned quite a lot there that, that I'd like to unpack. Uh, um, but uh, Renaissance uh, people really growing in confidence. I think there's something to be said for um, you know, we're, we're like a critical mass, not building up, and people seeing that others around them are are, are expressing themselves, are, are putting pen to paper, are, are getting their work out there. That there's an audience that that wants to to read it and talk about it. And and that, I think, sort of creates a bit of a snowball, doesn't it? Absolutely, especially when these stories are told in a very particular way that hasn't been told before. I think in the past we have been prone to to copy the forms of England, the forms of English literature, sometimes Spanish literature, but trying, uh, we have kind of like not felt confident enough to find our own way of expressing ourselves. No? And our own way sometimes merges languages, sometimes creates new languages, and sometimes creates new forms, like the poetry perhaps of Giordano Durante or perhaps the novels of Marco or other people, the music of Adrian Pizarello, which is particular, specific to our expression as Gibraltarians. No? So that's what's exciting to me, apart from telling our stories, telling them in our own way. No? And, and what makes it so? Um, it makes it so, the, the places, the, 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 the references. The references, the meter, for example, I've always tried to use Spanish meter with English words in, in order to have like a kind of like Andalusian sense to the poems, but using English and particularly English words that I use in Gibraltar or that reference Gibraltarian and themes like, for example, the rock or the straits or, the, or Morocco, things that we see in our everyday life. 
and that inform us of our particular way of expressing ourselves. No? I think it's very important to fuse cultures and languages. We have Italian heritage, we have Maltese heritage, we have Moroccan, we have Spanish, we have British English. Oh my God, we are so lucky in a way to have so we, we many are. influences no? and so many um, uh, inspiring points to, to feed from. I think we are very lucky and I think most people uh, who live here agree that um, it's a privilege to, to, to be the product of this melting pot of different communities and traditions and ideas and Absolutely. cuisines and uh, you know uh, stories uh, in this context uh, and to, to be the result of that. Um, let me put to you that you are a you know poet a songwriter you're you're very elegant in your use of uh, use of language but that generally speaking it's difficult to pull off written janito no, i can I, i can i can talk to you in janito because you know I, i've lived apart from when i went to university i've lived most of my life in gibraltar and 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 it comes naturally but writing we we tend not to have written in janito and sometimes i read it and it doesn't always ring true and there are more and more people trying to do it now absolutely well it's a, it's a kind of a no man's land we haven't been there before so it's exciting it's dangerous and it's clumsy and we're going to make many mistakes many of us who are trying to write something in janito some people are like well you nunca diría algo así i'm sorry it's literature as well we're trying it's an experiment and we're all um, it's like a tapestry we're all weaving together with our little forms of inflection some people like to do it phonetically They like to write uh, Janito exactly like it sounds with a lot of Ks and a lot of um, uh, vowel sounds. Other people like to uh, mix the Spanish grammar with the English grammar. We have to find our way. And that's what's so exciting that it's, uh, it's kind of like discovering a, a, a boat that has never been seen before, which is yeah. buried in the underwater. Uh, and that is so exciting to me. Imagine having a language that's never been written before and you being the first to write it. <laughs> it's so... You can't believe how enthralling it is. I mean, when you put it that way... It, yeah, it, it, well, there are people beautiful. in Cambridge studying it. We went to a Cambridge symposium where there are professors of Cambridge who have studied, like, most of the most poly... poly um, poly different languages in, in the planet and they are investigating our language and they're asking us, us uh, how to write it and how to speak it, so... It's exciting times, let me tell you. And Very it's going to create some conflict, obviously, and we understand that. Some people are going to be offended. Why are you writing it? Who are you? You live in England. And no. Also, see? See, I go see, but no. that's fair. No, it's fair. We are all well, like I mean, in obviously, a, but I mean... It's, we're it's, all in a boat together. They're, they're entitled to say it doesn't mean course. that it has much weight. Well, it could have in the sense that I am no one or the people who are writing, we're just investigating. We might get it wrong, definitely. Well, we're all nobody, aren't exactly. we? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's the beauty of it. Yeah. Um, uh, so... so uh, So, I mean, I have heard some people say that, uh, you know, when when they've read some of the, the sort of maybe poems written recently, and, and, and not not because you're here, but I do think that you're, you're sort of, because you're a poet, you've, you've got a particular way of, of, of pulling it off. But in writing Janito, uh, that uh, sometimes, you know, there's something which should be, quote unquote, should be just a Spanish grammatical phrase or, or a Spanish word. Uh, and, and if you know how to write it properly, why would you deliberately write it in a way that, that isn't accepted, uh, what would you say to that? Well, in all the history of literature, for example, when people are creating characters in fiction, what they are trying to do is reproduce the character's um, dialogue in real life. And this sometimes has, for example, Cockney pronunciation in the novels of Dickens. Uh, and this is a very apt way of recording the true um, language of the people through literature, because if we don't record it through literature, where will it be recorded? Our official status, uh, everything is written in English, right? 
So where are the stories of Janito recorded? We have to record them in literature and we have to find a way which sounds natural but also is also readable because the problem is you want people to read. So if you write Janito completely in a way that is unreadable, unfortunately no one's going to be able to to share that that knowledge. Sure. So yeah, we we are Okay. I could talk to you and I'm hoping that we can bring you back and talk to you at length and maybe with some of the other people who attended the the the, the Cambridge exploration of this issue. But I'm conscious that you've brought in a beautiful oh, musical guitarra, instrument and that you said that you'd play something for us. So yeah, if you don't mind just bringing your microphone down a bit, I think that's more or less right. This is Gabriel Moreno playing for you live on Radio Gibraltar and on GBC Television. I'm going to do this song that it was the first song I wrote when I got to England and it talked about finding your identity as a musician and perhaps who knows as a Gibraltarian too. It's called We Are What We Are. Oh metric rhymes and that I just have your right list I even bone my language Stay inside the sun Screed of love We are what we are Little drunken salters Who smoke and laugh Raindrops from the ceiling I hide under your curtains My songs are all dissenting Bird the squid of failings of love We are what we are Oh coffee-loving beggars Smoke and laugh Singing for breadcrumbs Singing for dust from the start Singing for someone to notice Or singing for someone to love Coin falls from my pocket I think I'm paying for my wonder I need every connection Stay inside the station of love We are what we are Oh, little fettered angels who smoke Singing for dust from the stars Singing for someone to notice I said singing for someone to love What we are, 
Exploited angels who smoke and laugh and laugh. Beautiful guitar, and beautiful words. From Gabriel Moreno, what a, a privilege to have you perform live here in the Radio Gibraltar studios. Thank you uh, so much, Gabriel. Uh, Cultural Award Ambassador for 2022. You're organising tonight, uh, sorry, not tonight, uh, tomorrow night, no? Uh, Trovadores and Poets de Nuestro Peñón. Exacto. Uh, so it'll feature, I'm afraid we've only got a, a minute before we have to wrap up, but uh, it'll feature Adrian Pizarello, Jonathan Bujeja, uh, your own band, Quivering Poets, Mark Montegrifo, Nicolai Celestia, Jonathan Deuma, yeah. powerhouse of uh, Janito Spoken Word, and also poetry from Rebecca Calderon, Sonia Galt, and Davina Barbara. Where do people need to be if they can still join you? Yes, just uh, get the tickets from G- GIM Tickets. and or, Buy tickets.gi? Exactly, buy tickets.gi. And come to the show at, at seven or half past seven, and it will be something very uh, interesting. The, the and venue, Gabriel? Sorry. It will be John McIntosh Hall, Saturday. Um, 11th of November, half past seven. It's it's a one-off thing. It won't happen again. So try and be there if you can. Gibraltar Today with Jonathan Scott. We've got a a special uh, relay to tell you about now. Four runners taking on a a relay tomorrow with a a special message for those uh, fighting cancer. Good afternoon to Sean Gajado, Ian Yates, Geray Torres and Carl Baldaquino, who will be taking on the Purple Relay uh, and who join me now. C- can, can we ask you first, Geray, uh, if you can tell us uh, the significance? Uh, why is this so significant? Um, basically, it's to raise awareness for, um, for pancre- pancreatic cancer. And space, I mean, this um, relay you can call is you know, just to um, send a message really to, to the public and... And yeah, it's obviously symbolic um, due to, you know, all those victims that, um, that have gone through um, this type of cancer. And yeah, it's um, it's something that we um, we hopped on because it's, you know, it's obviously for a good cause. And, and there's, a, there's a family connection there, uh, isn't there, that we've got, uh, we've got Carl in the studio, who's uh, Lewis's son, uh, Lewis uh, Baldacchino, who is an amazing, uh, who we'll be speaking to next week, by the way, and, and, and whose story is, is absolutely amazing and, and certainly, um, I think, inspirational for anybody who, who has the misfortune of, of having a cancer diagnosis. Uh, so let's bring in you, Carl. What, what, what can you tell us about uh, how it, the, the meaning of this for you? Yeah, thank you. Obviously, it does mean mean a lot to me. It is uh, unfortunately a disease which is quite prevalent in in our community now. I think the latest statistics are that we've got um, in the last seven years, 50 people have unfortunately passed away. And that's the the point of of this relay that we're going to do tomorrow to raise awareness. Unfortunately, the symptoms are not, uh, they're quite common symptoms. We've got um, symptoms such as stomach cramps, temperature, um, which is not something which we usually associate with cancer. No, sure. Um, so we want to kind of highlight, raise the awareness, um, because as well, because the symptoms are not very obvious. Unfortunately, when do people do get diagnosed, it's always in the latter stages, which is obviously reduces the likelihood of of um, of surviving. So. Um, early detection is very, very important. So I think the message that we're trying to put across is listen to, to our bodies, try and get early detection, speak to doctors. Um, that's why we're going to 
four different locations tomorrow, which are very important organisation institutions to kind of reduce and combat this this disease. And I know you're doing this for, to try and raise awareness, as you say, and, and, and really maybe get a message to lots of people out there, but, but I, I can't have you here and not ask you about, um, you know, if I think of your father as being an inspirational figure, what does he mean to you? Yeah, I mean, obviously he's, he means the world to me. It's obviously, it was back in 2015, um, it was just before I was going to university as well. We had, I have a younger sister as well, an older brother, loads of things going on in our lives. And he has, he's had the bravery, he's had the the courage to himself uh, go through all the, all the treatments. It's been a big roller coaster, highs, many lows. Um, but yeah, and he's a massive inspiration um, to me personally, but I think to many members of, of the community as well too, as the the quote or the slogan of, of the charity, his charity is never lose hope. Um, as I said, it's been eight years now say, surviving. Um, and yeah, and uh, he is the, the fourth location or the fourth person, which is what I was mentioning about the relay, um, to give inspiration to, to people. Because I'm a big, big believer that half the battle or a big part of the battle is um, mentally. So to kind of push through um, and if you have survivors there, out there, they can inspire others that it's yeah, ne- never to lose hope. All right, let's bring in uh, Sean and, and Ian. Um, y- your thoughts on this uh, and the significance of it? Oh, definitely. Well, I've known Carl now for a long time. We've been in athletics together and we were actually in the Island Games when the news started to, started to come in. So this isn't the second um, sort of um, event that we'd, we've done for pancreatic cancer. Um, every, every event that they do do, we do tend to support because obviously we are connected to Carl and we do know his dad very well. His dad is obviously an inspiration and, you know, it's all about, I think, raising this awareness so that we can get, reach out to as many people as possible. Yeah, in terms of significance for me, I since uh, Lewis got diagnosed with pancreatic cancer eight years ago, I've been running every boxing day with the with his slogan, the Never Lose Hope slogan and the pancreatic cancer slogan. And I've been doing it every year religiously for him in his memory. And I, it's not the first time that I've raised money for pancreatic cancer. And he's a very close family friend as well. So he's he's very very close to us. So this is an event with, with special meaning uh, and, uh, and a message of hope then uh, and uh, you guys are, are, are uh, you know good runners tell us a little bit about the, the physical uh, aspect uh, that you'll be taking on tomorrow Yeah so tomorrow we're going to be going to four locations like I mentioned before um, important organisations and institutions to, in order to combat this disease so we're first going to go to the hospital um, where we're going to um, take photos and pass a baton with a message uh, think pancreatic cancer sooner um, to to Minister Vasquez um, and then moving forward from there to public health by Europa Point um, again so we'll be another baton will be given there to get to know the symptoms so with the message being to um to to raise awareness for for this cancer then from there we'll be going all the way up to cancer relief which again can help countless of people who, um, who have been diagnosed with not just pancreatic cancer but with, with other cancers um, to never lose hope and then we will finally be finishing off our casemates with the final baton to my dad inspire others 
to keep fighting. And we encourage people as well to, because we'll be going down through Main Street, to join us in Cathedral Square, where we can finish off in Casement Square. Thanks for listening to those highlights from Gibraltar today. I'm Kelly M. Borge, the show's producer. We're live on Radio Gibraltar Monday to Friday from 1 to 2, getting behind the headlines. And you can catch up here whenever you like. Until next time, have a good one. GBC Podcasts. Local voices on demand.